0: One day each of us will close our eyes for the final time. Our hearts will slowly cease to beat and our last breath will whisper through silent lips as we leave this existence behind. Yet is this truly the end? Do we simply cease to be as the last spark races from our brains along cooling neurons to its final destination in oblivion? Or does the part of us that is uniquely our own continue beyond the grave? Is there existence beyond the temporal, and if so, what mysteries might that existence hold? There are those who would have us believe that our lives end with our final tomorrow, that the physical world is both our beginning and ultimate end. There are also those who reject this explanation, instead contending that the physical world is simply one aspect of an existence which may stretch on through eternity. For now we are left to wonder if the strange apparitions are a product of our feverish minds or if ghosts do haunt the fringes of the material world. The ultimate truth may lie somewhere between, unknown to us, until we each pass beyond that veil. And between our searching eyes and that veil lies a path that leads us to the shadows of legend. Hello, this is Charles Romans, your host for Shadows of Legend. Today, we're speaking with Elizabeth Rivera from Idaho. She's a medium, and she has been communicating with the dead since she was a child. Ms. Rivera, how are you doing today?
1: I'm good, thank you. How are you?
0: I'm doing well so far. Thanks for asking. So, uh, I, I guess it might be a good idea to start from, from the beginning here and explain to to the listeners exactly what a medium is, because a lot of people have a lot of different concepts of, on what that entails.
1: I could probably explain what it is for me
0: well see that would be um, excellent
1: a medium is somebody who communicates with the other side with the dead i can't even say necessarily the other side but definitely ghosts right family members uh, yeah
0: so uh, and and you communicate with human spirits that were previously alive as, as opposed to like uh, other entities yes yes Um, I I hear a qualifier in your voice there. (laughs) I halted because
1: I have seen things that don't necessarily make sense to me sometimes that I'm not sure, but I don't think they're necessarily negative. But, you know, there are those two. So it kind of runs the gamut of things. I just see things that maybe other people don't.
0: Well, that's a fair assessment because there are a lot of things there. A lot of people have experienced uh, interaction with numerous different types of entities, not just mm-hmm. the, the spirits of deceased humans. Right. But now you've been communicating with the dead since you were a, a young child, correct?
1: That's true. Yeah.
0: And about what age did this start?
1: I was about nine. Okay. In, in that area, I was pretty young. I had no idea what ghosts were. I mean, this was back in the seventies. Yes. Of course, like three channels. Yeah. Yes, (laughs) Um, exactly.
0: Yes. (laughs) I remember that.
1: (laughs) Uh, Right. I just dated myself. And so, yeah, I, I started seeing ghosts and, and, um, that, that particular incident was my first aha moment. So I don't know if I'd been seeing them before and it didn't dawn on me, what I was seeing all the time. Yes.
0: We well, see that's um, what was going to be one of those questions I, I told you about. At first, were you even, even aware that the people you were communicating with were actually dead or was it just you were talking to someone?
1: That I can't even tell you. I just remember the first time I had that aha moment and it was because I woke up in the middle of the night and um, I was on the top bunk yes. of our bunk beds. And um, I just remember sitting up and turning as I sat up. I don't remember hearing anything or having anybody wake me up. I just remember sitting up, turning and seeing a man walk down the stairs because I could see down the hall and he was walking down the stairs and he stopped and he looked at me. And that was when I realized I could see the hand railing through him. Yes. And so then that was the aha moment of that. That's a ghost. You know, it's like seeing Casper, which was the only thing I had to really relate things to. Exactly, yes. And so, or Scooby-Doo, something (laughs) like that. And then I was like, oh, you know, that's a ghost. And it terrified me. But he turned and looked at me and acknowledged I saw him. And that scared me. And then he looked back the direction he was going and finished going down the stairs. And I hopped off the bed and crawled in with my sister and I hid because it scared me.
0: And and that was going to be the next question. Was the experience terrifying or or just startling? Because there is a difference. And where you say that you ran and jumped in bed with your sister, I mean, apparently it did scare you.
1: It did. It, It terrified me. I had, I mean... It had never been on my radar, ghosts and things like that. And so seeing something that I knew was only on TV or in cartoons scared me.
0: Yes, and, so, and understandably so. And yeah, uh, how did this this uh, come to be a regular occurrence?
1: After that, it, it just started happening.
0: Right. Uh, you
1: know, I would go to bed and somebody would show up at the end of my bed. I remember telling my mom, you know, and she was like, you know, you're just dreaming, you're it's not real, go back to bed. And after that, you know, I, of course, didn't know how to turn it off. I was a kid, for one. And two, there wasn't a lot of information out there, even if I would have been older.
0: Right, and Um, it wasn't the acceptance. I mean, you mentioned your mother told you, you were just dreaming. I can only imagine what my mother would have said if I told her I'd saw a ghost. Right, right. She just thought I was dreaming. Yeah.
2: And
1: And she tells me now, she said, you know, it wasn't, that I didn't believe you, I I had not had any experience with anything like that either. And she said, so I just assumed that's what was happening.
0: Well I see belief in, in the supernatural seems to run in cycles. And you know, and and honestly, from what I've gathered, it, it, it's almost like a hundred year cycle. So around the turn of the century, like we are talking early late eighteen hundreds, early nineteen hundreds, the, right. the, there was a, a movement in in around the world basically. Oh to believe yeah. in spiritualism and things like that and that right. slowly started to no pun intended die out. Like, right. So by the 70s that wasn't something that people were typically concerned about. And no. it, it, it's only here recently that it's it's gained more popularity and people are starting to think once again that you right. know maybe there is something beyond just the tangible what we can see, you know, hear, touch, taste. So Absolutely.
1: So and you, that's why I I say continually, how grateful I am for everybody who is a paranormal investigator. Yes. Because without them trying to figure out if it's real or not, I just look crazy. Like there's it. They're real. They're out there. And it's always seemed kind of silly to me that people believe in heaven and hell or when we die, we go on and we can go to heaven. We can do all those things. But some people like they will disconnect that from ghosts. I'm like, but that's the same thing. They well, just didn't move on.
0: Yeah, you're absolutely right, and it, it is. It, it's almost laughable that like a person in in the church, for instance, you're literally working for the ghost. So why wouldn't you believe in ghosts? But right. But people seem to think that there, there's a rigid progression, and mm-hmm. uh, and and they you know turn away from any explanation that spirits might linger a while before they go on to their yeah you know, well i guess you could say eternal reward or eternal punishment whatever you believe so right. and and there's no there's no rigid description of the mechanics of it yeah so yeah.
1: there seems to be a disconnect
0: and as you were telling that it occurred to me that uh, i've interviewed several paranormal investigators and it seems that According to them, that once a ghost realizes that you can see them and can interact with them, it attracts more ghosts because not everyone can, even someone that believes in ghosts wouldn't necessarily be able to interact. So, so you become like a lighthouse for them. So if, you, if you'd been wandering around for you know even decades and could get no acknowledgement from anyone else and then suddenly someone could see you and hear you, of course, yes, you would hang around there as much as possible.
1: Right. And that's why I've always said, um, because some people will say, I don't want to have a medium come into my house, even though I'm having paranormal activity, or I don't want to have paranormal investigators come in because then it amplifies that activity. And then they are angry and it stirs them up and it does whatever. Yes and no. And generally it'll die down. But exactly what you said, it gets their attention like, oh, my gosh, they're trying to communicate. With me, I've been wandering around trying to figure out how to get somebody's attention forever. They're paying attention to me, so then it's like if I do that again, if I do that again, then they'll talk to me. Or you know, and then right. sometimes it ends up scaring the clients. But you know. <laughs> do
0: you think it's something as, as simple as uh, like, for instance, a friend you haven't seen for years? So yeah. when you do see the friend, then it it just comes out in, in a rapid fire because you're trying to fit in everything that you've been wanting to talk to them about for for years in a small window of time.
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: So how does this actually operate? I mean, you're a medium. Mm -hmm. Now, do you Mm -hmm. go visit houses and locations that have had paranormal activity or do people come to you or is it a question of both? And I I know these are are questions upon questions and it's kind of loaded. So it would be best to just say, give us a bird's eye view on on how you go about communication.
1: You know, Again, like I've had to try to figure all of this out myself because going through, you know, the 70s, 80s and 90s. Yes. You know, it's kind of snowballed. So it went from me being afraid to tell anybody because kids would make fun of you back then or not want to play with you or you weren't allowed to play with the kids to kind of letting people know. So then it was people at work, friends, family, close People And then somebody else would tell somebody and somebody else would tell somebody, but, you know, they would ask me, do you see anybody around me? Or can you come to my house? I think it's haunted. You know, 20 years ago, I had a friend who worked at our state hospital here. And she said, we've seen things that we can't explain. Can you come into the hospital and, you know, into the, it would have been the, the old parts that weren't used anymore. You know, the condemned buildings that sat there you know do you want to come in and walk through some of this stuff and see if you see anything or tell us what you feel and it kind of snow- snowballed from there so i would help people at work if you know they had an issue i also see auras so that was always a big what's my aura look like um and then can you come to my house um sometimes i do readings and then they'll come to me or i can go to them it just depends i don't know it- it's kind of a Person by person, what they need.
2: I see. Sort of. Thing. Yeah. So it's
0: not like a progression of one, two, three, four. It's more like maybe we do three this time and seven next time and things like so, that.
1: Later. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
0: So as you're telling me this, I'm thinking that could backfire because. People say, well, it will ask you, is there anyone here? And then you tell them someone's there that they don't want there. So when when a person gets the information they don't want, how do they react?
1: Are we talking about ghosts or if I'm doing a reading for someone?
0: Well, either, actually, because (laughs) honestly, it's like advice. Okay, it's been my, my experience over the years that more than actually wanting you to solve their problems, people want you to agree with their solution
3: absolutely
0: so so if your solution doesn't match what they have in mind then uh, is the the backlash really negative or, or
1: i've only had it happen a couple of times um generally it's when i go into a place and they're thinking it's very they're terrified because they have paranormal activity going on in their in their home yes and i go in and i'm like this guy may come across as being very threatening or they think it's um evil and i go in and i'm like there's this old guy here and this is his place and he doesn't like you know talk to him and tell him what you're going to do to the house he's just mad about you know or maybe he just wants to help and he's picking up tools and moving them and doing those sorts of things that usually sends sets their mind at ease yes i have had um one lady, in, I had one lady in particular, she was very upset at me. I went, did a walkthrough of her home, um, told her what I saw and who, and I don't remember the particulars other than she sent me photos later and she sent me some orb photos. Yes. And she said, well, oh, but you can see the face in there. This is an orb. And, um, and I said, you know, that looks like a camera flash to me or a, I don't remember what it was, but it didn't look paranormal to me. And I told her and she got very upset at <laughs> me and very uh, well, you know I, so you're gonna tell me this isn't look you can see the face i'm like it's not a smiley face ghost like this is it's not a you know we and it, it,
0: sometimes, sometimes do, you, do you think that confirmation bias kicks in they see something that looks a little spooky so they decide and, that there's a ghost there and there may not be do you exactly
1: think- and and then they're upset because i didn't agree and i can't tell you something just to make you happy. I mean, they're either there or they're not, they're good or they're bad. You know, that's all I can give you is what I see.
0: Right. But has it been your experience that a lot of people just want confirmation or, are people just open minded and say, something's here. Tell me what it is, which is more prevalent.
1: A lot of people are more just, we think there's something here. Can you walk through and let us know who and what, um, what was the other part of that? Like, <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, I, either
0: do they just want you to confirm what they want, or are they willing to just tell me what's here?
1: I would say the majority is tell me what's here.
2: We well, see that they've,
1: they've got a good idea, or they're frightened because of what's going on, and so you know, once I let them know who it seems, once they can face or a person to what's going on, then they seem to calm down and and. They're able to live with them.
0: Oh, I would think it would give you information to work with. For yes. The, for instance, if yeah. if you uh, think there's a demon in your basement, that's much more disconcerting than it actually being great Aunt Ethel and she's just hanging around because that's where she died. But,
1: exactly. But
0: she's making a lot I, of noise and everything, and it scares people.
1: Right. I did a walkthrough of a home a few years ago. Yes. And I, worst feeling and. This lady had told me about the people who had passed away. Like, there was a lot of people in and around this land. And this was out in Rigby area, which is outside of Idle Falls, very rural area, a lot of farms and a lot of not very many people. Okay. They had had tons of stuff happening on this land. And in fact, she was sick. And ever since she had moved there, she kept having all these things health-wise happen and asked if I would come out. That time I had a really bad feeling like it was bad enough. I felt like I needed to be on guard when I drove out there because it's, you know, 20 minutes away or so. Yes. So I was very much on guard, very worried about getting out there. Once I got out there, did the walkthrough. It was like as soon as I got out there, like the their pantry door opened by itself as I was (laughs) talking to her, you know, so I'm like, you know, there's definitely something here. But I couldn't quite see the yes. ghost yet i knew he was there um knew that it was male but i couldn't put my finger on it and i've had that happen before where they're kind of like this person can see me and i'm i'm don't want to be seen so i went in the back room and the hallway was very thick and um i'm like this is a big i don't even remember not quite a vortex but it was like there was just so much there like movement and people going back and forth. so i sat down in the kids room on the bunk bed and was trying to really bring that person in to see what was going on or people. And I just black cloaked figure, which I will be honest, that one scared me, you know, it really startled me. And I was like, is this death? Is this, this is something I've never seen. Is this something ominous and couldn't like it scared me. So I kept walking around and couldn't quite figure it out, asked her about going outside. And as soon as I put my hand on the grass, In their backyard. Yes. Um, I was like my last ditch effort to try to find this person (laughs) and put my hand on the grass. I saw a Native American guy walk out from underneath this cloak like he'd been hiding. It's like, there you are. And so I think it was more about him being angry about whatever had happened on the land. I think there were other people involved. I don't know. He was just very protective and didn't want anybody there. But once they were able to start, you know, putting out offerings and you know trying to talk to him, and in fact, I said, this is even a past my realm of abilities in my opinion because I think you need to bring somebody in who's also Native American who has that connection. And so she did and got a hold of somebody in Montana who was willing to come down. And it was kind of interesting because. They said they got on their GPS and she said their GPS was wrong and took them clear out someplace else. And it was like <laughs> an extra hour or whatever, like really threw them off. Oh, and right as they had left their reservation area, yes. their car quit. So they had to go back and get a different car. And then they went and then it took them someplace else and then it came back. But they did a lot of drumming and a lot of things they needed to do that I thought he needed to connect with in order to move on or leave with them.
0: Well, see, that's totally understandable. The the extra layer of connection or the extra laying of understanding, you know, layer rather, right. that w- would aid in, uh, you know, taking care of things like that. Yeah. Now.
1: I, I, when, when, I try to really have a lot of respect for the people on the other side or that are ghosts because they're just like us. And I wouldn't want people talking bad about me or. Well,
0: no, of course anything. not. You know. Yeah. Because, I mean, if if you take as, as a given that a ghost is a deceased human being, right. well, why would a person's attitudes and thoughts and beliefs change other than being able to realize that now they are on the other side of the veil? Right. So, but still the, the common thing about you don't want to be treated poorly, you don't want to be insulted yeah. and things of that nature, I would think that would apply. Right. So, yeah. When the Native American came in and uh, interacted with the uh, the spirit there, where it was, mm-hmm. were they able to have a peaceful resolution to it?
1: Yes, my understanding was because I wasn't there, but it okay. was my understanding that that they took him with them, or at least tried to. So, yes.
0: so uh, what other experiences would you like to share as a medium? Oh gosh. Because ultimately, this is your story. I'm just here to listen to you, even though I talk quite a bit.
1: (laughs) That's all right. I love that they're making movies to try to understand some of this stuff. I was thinking about it when you were asking me about when I realized I was a medium or how that all came about. Yes. And I didn't even have a word for it because I would see them. Didn't really have anybody to talk to if I did talk to people. Like a sister-in-law or somebody who was close to me, you know, it it would scare them. And so then I wouldn't say anything because then in turn it would scare me. So, But (laughs) I remember when the movie Ghost came out in the 90s, you know, Patrick Swayze. Exactly, yes. That that whole thing, that was an aha movie moment for me, that movie. And I bet I saw it five times in a row because I went, that's me. You know, Whoopi Goldberg, just that idea of being able to connect and trying to like – you know, that was that was not a whole moment. That in the um, Sixth Sense, I was like, that was my childhood. Like, yeah. I was terrified all the time.
0: I, and I was thinking of that movie because uh, sympathizing with you, of course, here's this kid telling people he sees dead people. No one that's alive believes him. <laughs> right. So yeah. And and we do have this horrible tendency to belittle things that we don't understand. And, yeah. Uh, something that is beyond our experience, we say that's not real. With right it, without any reason,
1: small little conservative towns like ours, where it's very much about religion and very you know taboo to talk about.
0: Yeah, we see. And I, I grew up in a small rural town mm-hmm. with uh, a lot of churches. And even though everyone had a ghost story, it was like, uh, you know, ghosts are all evil, you know, you'll go to hell if you talk to ghosts and things like that. Yep. So, yep. very long
1: stay here unless they're evil.
0: Exactly. Yeah. They're just trying yeah. to avo- avoid punishment. I've actually heard that one before. Yeah. Which I guess could yeah. be the case in some cases, but it doesn't necessarily have to be the
1: case. Cases, yeah. Some. So,
0: so now, have you been able to facilitate an actual communication between a ghost and, and a living human? Like between a living human and their, their deceased family member, for instance?
1: Yeah. When I do readings and sometimes, you know, the way I do readings, all mediums will do it do readings just a little bit different. And it's mainly because they have to figure out how their mediumship works. Like it's not so cut and dry. Right. Um, We're all on different frequencies. And so however we can make it work. And because I had to figure out how to do this on my own, the thing that works best for me is, you know, I'll talk to somebody and then I'll have them send me a picture.
0: Okay. A
1: year or two ahead of time. And I don't need like background or scenery or anything, but just a face, something, I don't know what it is about just the face or the eyes or something that I can sit down and meditate. And even then I'll look at the picture and then I put it down and I just start writing almost like a automatic writing. It's like everything that's coming into my head, whether it's feeling, smells, uh, just whatever is going on, hearing and I just start writing everything down because it just, it's everything, you know, however they can figure out how to let me know. And then once the people get here, I have that sheet of paper and we start talking, but then I they're still connected because I'll sit down before and kind of bring them in so that when their loved ones get here, I just start communicating and I'll start telling them about each thing that I had seen. And I have these little notes of what I had seen So then they can talk to me, but then the loved one's still communicating and, you know, I can tell them, do you just let me know if that makes sense? Because I've got all this other information that they want to relay and every once in a while they'll be, you know, well, what does he say about that? Or what does she say? Or do you know where this thing is or that thing is? And then I can tell them. So there is that communication back and forth with the living and the dead.
0: Well, the reason I asked is that people have uh, someone who doesn't have a talent. They have a very, mm-hmm. very basic understanding of, of how any talent works, whether it's athletic ability, like being able to shoot a basketball or art or anything else. So right. with movies and uh, um, a lot of the fiction and everything, it, it gives people the impression that someone is standing in the medium shoulder and saying, tell them this. You know, the, the wheel is behind a block in the in the fireplace. Right. But it may not be as as cut and dry as that. It, and it
1: seldom is. <laughs> it may be
0: it's, it may take a little more work.
1: It's like Pictionary or charades and it's <laughs> you're trying to No, wait, what does that mean? For like for instance, I had done a reading for a lady and I drew everything and just everything that I was seeing that this per the, this person on the other side was showing me. Mm-hmm. And one of one of the things I had drawn was a four leaf clover. And um, she's like, "It doesn't make sense. It doesn't have anything to do with me." And I I said, "I just I've just learned I'm supposed to write what it, doesn't make sense to me. It's not my message, so I don't know. I Just write it down anyway." Right. Left it at that. Anyway, probably a month later somebody stopped me and said, you did a reading for this lady. Well, he used to ride and died, had something to do with his, his motorcycle. Um, anyway, they, the group of guys had gotten together and asked, uh, or had decided to get a patch for their friend. Yes. So they got it. They were going to get a patch, but the lady, when they went to go pick these patches up or whatever, the lady who had done the patches and handed the jacket back or the patches, when she handed it back to him, she had a big four-leaf clover tattoo on her arm. Oh, I see. And so I don't always know where it's going to fit in. Or, we, you know, he was just acknowledging that he understood they were going to get this or had been talking about it. And this was the lady who was going to do it. I mean, they figure out how to get their messages across just to prove that they are here. And sometimes when I'm doing a reading, I can feel them behind me. Yes. You know. And so then I relay whatever I'm feeling and hearing and seeing.
0: Well, so you know, I, I've heard it described before: being a medium is like being a radio, and yeah, does, absolutely, it does, doesn't matter how good the radio is. It it really mm-hmm. it depends on the signal because if yes. there's no signal or a weak signal, you're not going to have a, a, a clear delivery there.
1: Exactly.
0: And and it may be, and as you said, it might be something as simple as the communication itself. More so than the message is what's important because they're letting you know, yes, I am here. I'm yes, still looking absolutely. out for you. Yeah. Yeah. Which I guess uh if it were a negative spirit, then it would be much more scary <laughs> because, yeah, I'm I'm out to get you.
1: <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. There was one lady who I'd done a reading for not that long ago had lost a teenage child and, and, um,
0: that's always hard. I, I, huh? I said, that's always hard, young so, people.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I kept seeing this young girl standing behind her, and and the lady was standing against the sink doing dishes and stuff, and the young girl was behind her just screaming at the top of her lungs at her, trying to get her attention. And the mom told me when I was there, she said, I just, I can't hear her. I can't see her. I can't, I can't. I feel like there's a wall between me and her. So I can't get any communication from her or signs or like anything. And I said, she's trying so hard, you you know, you need to open up and let it, let it happen instead of trying to ignore and push it away. But she had shown me beforehand.
0: Right. And
1: what that that lady was feeling.
0: That makes me think that, um, I mean, I've, I've heard this before. That mm-hmm. a lot of times when people, now we're, we're not talking about be getting hurled down the steps or anything like that. But a lot of times when an individual is scratched or hair is pulled or something like that mm-hmm. uh, during an interaction, it's not because that spirit wants to hurt someone. It's just they're trying their best and and, and they may not be very good at it. And maybe they're using too much force. Maybe they right. meant to just touch your arm instead of scratch your arm. Right so is, and
1: desperation.
0: Yeah, do you think that's a fair assessment?
1: I think I would say a lot of the time, absolutely, I do.
0: And it occurred to me when you were telling me this story, the story that the young lady standing behind her mother, trying to get her mother's attention, and maybe even she reached out, tried to grab her by the shoulders a couple times. And if she had managed to do that and and trying so desperately, she could have actually hurt her, not meaning to. That's right. what I was thinking about.
1: Yeah, it, and that's a possibility.
0: So now, I people
1: uh, end up scared.
0: Yes, and 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 definitely. Well, you know, if you're alone in a room, even if there's other people in the house, if you're alone in the room and something pulls your clothes or pulls your hair or pushes you, it is scary because there should be nothing there to cause that to happen. Right. So yeah. Now to to back up just a little bit, you you had, had mentioned reading people's auras.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: How does that actually work, and, and what do auras mean? Uh, so, because I think the listeners would be interested in that. Those are words you hear all the time, but right. a, an explanation is is kind of at a premium here. So
1: I'll be honest. Um, or like, although I see auras, it's not been my main thing of interest, and I so I haven't like studied all the colors and study all that, which sounds terrible and lazy of me, which probably is, <laughs> but. <laughs> But I do see them, and what I have noticed is it really is their, their energy, like yes, and, and it does change colors. I have heard people say, they've said, I had a lady read my aura, and she told me my aura was purple, or my aura was red, or my aura was, you know, and I hear people say that. But what I've seen personally is they change. Like, you may be going great. One day and I see somebody and it's all, you know, just white and clear or golden. And then the next day or a month down the road, it's got gray in it or, you know, they change where we're from, where we're at in life and what's going on in life.
0: Well, you know, you you mentioned the 70s earlier, of course, and that made me think that in ours made me think of mood rings. Oh, yeah. Uh, And and people laugh. But uh, mood rings are measuring temperature, so and your temperature changes, Mm -hmm. so and and that can indicate a mood. So, for instance, I'm in a pretty good mood right now. (laughs) Earlier today, not so much. And a couple of days ago, I was in a pretty bad mood. Right. So I, I would say if someone was reading my aura, that there would be radical differences in colors over that period of time based on my uh, uh, state of of, uh, mental awareness or agitation or things like that.
1: Absolutely, yeah.
0: But does a person typically have a a basic aura?
1: Yeah, but I think it can, I mean, it'll get muddled. Okay. With other colors or other ones become more significant and just kind of fade that one out for a while. So when somebody says it's basically this, it's like, well, it's kind of, but... You know, there's all these other ones going on, too.
0: Right. So, So,
1: for instance, one of the coolest things I saw when it came to Auras was, um, I I don't remember how many years ago it was, we had gone to a music festival thing in the park. This was in Pocatello, Idaho. Okay. And it was outside in a park, and it was like a small little white amphitheater. Mm -hmm. And there was just a kid that was up there playing, and he had a guitar, and that was it. It was just him. And as he was singing, because there was a white background, this, the amphitheater in itself was white. As he was singing and playing his guitar, his aura was getting bigger and smaller, and it was changing colors. It was like a psychedelic light show going on behind him. And so after you know, he was done with his little set, because I think it was all for amateurs and stuff, I went okay. and asked him I and I was very curious about what he was thinking or how songs go for musicians. You know, you write a song, is that what you're thinking about? That one particular person or the emotions. And so we got into a pretty good conversation, but it was because through the different songs and it was like his emotion and energy, it was it was changing like like a light show. It was it was pretty cool. So
0: well, it was just
1: faster than I'd ever seen.
0: <laughs> Some people, I guess, are what you call precipitous. As a general rule, like I've I've told people this before. As a general rule, I'm a fairly laid back individual. If I was any more laid back, I'd be in a coma. But <laughs> right. that doesn't mean that I don't get agitated and, oh, and everything else. Mm-hmm. So so we we do change. And uh, uh, would it be fair to say that an aura is just? Uh, and I don't want it to be you know make it simplistic and try to downplay it, but Could it be that an aura is just like a person's energy level?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It is our energy just outside.
0: And, you you know, people have, you mentioned earlier that, uh, you know, you're afraid that people would uh, make fun of you, belittle you, and things like that. People Mm -hmm. have been talking about auras for decades. And before, back in the day, when someone would say, Oh, I see auras, and, and the initial response would be, "Well, you know you've probably taken too many psychedelic drugs?"
1: <laughs> right.
0: But honestly, yeah. I think most people can, if not, see them, sense them. It's as simple, oh, yeah. something as simple as walking into a room. There's 10 people in that room, and uh, they are uh, their energy levels are different. Some people are comfortable to be around. Some people Mm -hmm. are are difficult to be around and some people will go back and forth. So, you know, that's the way I I, I would explain ours, because I don't look at someone and see blue or purple or something like that. But when I walk into a room, I can tell by I I can sense a person's energy, for instance. And Mm -hmm. this sounds judgmental, but I promise it's not. But I can talk to someone for five minutes and and, and say whether or not I'm going to like that person and, and be able to, you know, spend long periods of time with them.
1: Right. It's like there is something's off and I can't quite put my finger on it.
0: Yeah. And, and I do this and, and and I acknowledge the fact that part of the problem might be me. (laughs) Okay. Because sometimes people just don't mesh and it doesn't mean that either one of them are necessarily jerks. It just means that some people just don't mesh and you can be polite and then move on your way.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
0: So, other than and the time when you when you uh, saw the the dark figure and uh, which ended up being the, the Native American spirit
1: mm-hmm.
3: uh,
0: and it doesn't necessarily have to be negative but what mm-hmm. was one of the most potent interactions you've had uh, in addition to that
1: mm-hmm. yeah that guy was just angry yes. so it was a relief to find out he was a human being and not something sinister it was just the vibe yes. he was thrown because he was upset at things mm-hmm. um gosh I don't no, I've I've run into somewhere I've backed out of the room because yes. I didn't dare turn my back. Gosh, there's just I don't know. <laughs> there's there's.
0: Well, okay. Well, what's uh, we'll, we'll try different tack here. What is going through your mind when you walk into a room and you're so uncomfortable that you won't turn around to walk out? You back out. What, they're gonna
1: you... get. They'll. They're. They're going to inflict. It's like a feeling of a. Uh, they. Like when they're angry or not nice, mm-hmm. my stomach starts getting upset and I'll just start it. I can literally, it'll, I can hear it and it'll start bubbling and stuff. And then I start burping and doing weird stuff. It just really bothers me, but it's that energy buildup and I can feel it. And it's almost like if you could picture a ball of energy and it just gets bigger and faster. And it's like almost like they're winding up. So, I don't dare turn my back because those types, it's not an accident that they tried to grab you or touch you or something. Yes. If I'm waiting for them to, to try to hit me or turn my back because they're trying to intimidate or hit or or do something not nice and I don't trust them. So,
0: well, I mean, uh, I, I interviewed one gentleman and he said if a person was a jerk in life, they're going to be a jerk after they're dead, too. Yeah. So, that's so there exactly it. Are some spirits both living and dead that are just violent right it, not necessarily evil just violent and the You're result right. the result is the same if someone punches you in the face for instance it's going to hurt whether or not they are inherently evil or not
1: exactly so so i had gone into a, a bar one time uh, not like it was <laughs> in the morning time But they had asked if I would come in because they thought their place was active. And so I went in and did the did the walkthrough and there was a bathroom in there. And that was one where I'd gotten in far enough and I backed out because I went, I don't know what's in here, but I could feel that build up of almost rage or upset and anger. And I asked the owners about it and she said, we we can't keep mirrors in there. It was the men's bathroom. She said, we can't keep mirrors in there. We don't put nice like sink or like anything. She said, you wouldn't believe how much men have punched the walls, torn things off, done whatever. And it was whatever was in there. And I think because the men would most likely be intoxicated when they went in there, yes, it would just take everything and that rage would fill the individuals going in who were under the influence yes. and they you know, all their, I don't know, defenses, everything is, is low.
0: Well, I mean, obviously but, when you, yeah, when you are intoxicated them. or even just what you it's called buzzed, then your resistance is lower because alcohol of course is a depressant and right. it, it eliminates your control and removes your inhibitions. <laughs> yeah. So absolutely. the way it's like the old and saying, you know, 10 feet tall and be- bulletproof.
1: I really felt like he hung out there. He could he could gain control and and take that frustration, anger out. Maybe not hit them necessarily, but get them and that aggression to take that anger out on things in that bathroom.
0: Did so, you, do you think that was the whole goal of this spirit? Was to lash out violently, let him know he's still there, or, or what?
1: You know, I don't remember exactly what his trip was. Like it, it was definitely aggressive. Yes. And he get them to do that. I don't know if it was more of a power trip to control somebody when he could or take that aggression out on him. But that's how it manifested was the actual living person would end up taking that that rage out on the bathroom and
0: well, yeah, so using had- them as, uh, I guess, a tool to take out his aggression. Right. And
1: but those are the type of entities that I wouldn't want to turn my back on or go in unprepared.
0: Well, no, I mean, it would be one thing to speak to someone that uh, wasn't being combative or aggressive, to just have a Mm -hmm. conversation. It would be another thing to walk into a place where you would have to defend yourself.
3: Mm -hmm.
0: Now, on that subject, how would you defend yourself? Or is it better to just avoid the situation?
1: I'd avoid the situation if I could.
0: (laughs) Well, Well, yes. Because
1: i called into places for me. I always go in and try to protect myself and be aware. Mm-hmm. Um, and I always make sure I surround myself with white light. I will talk to my grandmothers <laughs> and then ask them, like, hey, you know, can you come in with me? If I've got a really bad feeling or if I'm unsure of a place, I, you know, I'll call back up and, and have, you know, my, my family or whoever ancestors come in with yes. me. I, I grew up Catholic. I think it's not necessarily any religion, but it's how I grew up in the, the faith or, you know, good versus bad or right, whatever. Yes. You take those things that give you that power, you can't. And I've even turn, turned around and told them, you don't get to hit me. You don't get to. So back up when I feel them kind of winding up, you know what I mean? Yes. You don't get to do that. So you need to back up. I've, I've been startled by some occasionally, and it doesn't happen very often, but it has happened before, that I'll just, you know, I'll be startled. I was thinking that that same building that I was talking about with the guy in the bathroom, I think he was the guy that was in the basement part of this one building. But anyway, he came up behind me, and what I heard was, looks like you're all alone now, little girl, and it scared me. Yes. Because he was right there, which meant he was behind me. I wasn't yes. prepared and it mm-hmm. was quick. So it scared me and I turned around and left, gathered myself a minute and then turned around and went back in because I thought, you don't get to scare me. You don't get to, you know, you, you know, you're just a bully and you getting your rocks off on scaring people or like in the bathroom getting people to beat things up or do it. So you're bored that your entertainment is to be a bully and go after people and make them do bad things, you know?
0: No. So, so. it sounds as though, uh, the more negative spirits are more all about control and, yeah. and the less negative spirits are more about just uh, communication.
1: Communication. Yeah. Yeah. Or continuing to live in their space that they loved so much.
0: Right. And honestly, yeah. I mean, if you had, uh, lived in a place for 30 years and passed away there, and it was your home, yeah. and and you didn't necessarily leave, why wouldn't you want to stay there? Why wouldn't you want to just uh, continue to enjoy the comforts of your home? Right. And then when that, new, new people so, come in, you know, and it may even be in the mind of, of these entities that, okay, now there's people here. If I can communicate with them, then now I have friends again. It would be something yes. as simple as that.
1: friends, family, kids, Yeah. Mm-hmm. And sometimes when you think they're being angry because things show up missing or they're showing up and it scares you or whatever, it, it can just be that was their home. And now you're going to renovate it, you know, that bothers them. Like, why are you tearing down that tile that I put up and I took so much time doing?
0: Right. You know? well,
1: sometimes it, if you just tell them, hey,
0: <clears throat> yes. if I don't
1: tear it up. There's water damage. I would love to keep it, but I can't. We, you know, we have to keep the house standing in maintenance. And things seem to quiet down, at least from the people who have gotten back to me after I have told them that.
0: Do you think it's something as, as, as simple as this? Uh, just, uh, I guess, comfort and continuity. Because when my father passed away,
3: mm-hmm.
0: I had actually made a statement to my sister. I was trying to make her feel better. I said, if you want dad to haunt your house, leave the cabinet doors open because he hated that. <laughs> so Yeah. So it could be as simple as that. You know, the ghost is like, "No, you don't do that. It, this is the way that's done." So you leave a cabinet door open, they shut it. So, uh and and then people get scared because the cabinet door shut and perhaps the ghost wasn't trying to scare you, it's just trying to teach you the doors need to be shut.
1: Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, exactly.
0: So the I guess uh the question here, uh, a couple of questions actually. Two part opposite answers, obviously. What okay. w- what would you say to someone? And and there are a lot of people still that uh, refuse to believe any sort of paranormal activity whatsoever happens. What would you say to people who thought, ah, oh, no, this this is just just you're crazy, you're deluded? What would you say to these people?
1: That's okay. I mean, you know, that's what they choose to believe. Maybe it's a safer place for them to to feel that way or believe that. Um, I do and have run into people who don't believe that it's any more than we die and we're in the ground. Mm-hmm. And that's fine, but it doesn't hurt my feelings. I mean, I know they're there. <laughs> right. I know they're around. And you can continue to dismiss and explain away everything that you feel and see if it makes you feel better. Like, that's that's really up to them.
0: Well, now, the harder question, I guess, would be, what would you say to people that do believe in this? That would seem to be the easier question, but it's not really because people can believe in something and they just throw open the door and they'll believe in anything. So yeah. wh- what would you say to someone who does believe in, in, in the paranormal?
1: I'd be careful if you think you're going to go and just start trying to get their attention or messing with say Ouija boards or trying to do other things out of books, trying to bring things into your home. I mean, don't do not do those things. But I'd also tell them, you know, I think we should all feel comfort knowing that if there are ghosts, our spirits live on, whether they decide to stay here or if they decide to go to the other side, at least we know our loved ones are, are not gone, gone.
0: Exactly. Yes, and there is a huge degree of comfort to that. And yeah. there's cultures across the world. I mean, we call it ancestor worship, but the it, it's not really so much that they're worshiping their great-great-grandfather that, mm-hmm. or grandmother. They're just acknowledging that that spirit of that family member still exists yeah. and, and still has their best interest at heart. Because e- even you though know. I infuriated my mother on a daily basis and she right. passed away here several years ago, uh, my mother did love me, so even if she she would you know appear as a ghost, it wouldn't be like okay now I'm just going to scare the crap out of you and do bad things to you. know it would still be mom. It would just be mom as a ghost.
1: So. Right. A few years back, my husband's father died, and I woke up in the middle of the night and I thought I I thought it was my husband standing at the end of the bed because they look very similar. Yes, like, obviously. Dad was dad. There's no denying who dad really was. No, but
0: but waking up and the the general, I I, I get what you're saying. Yes.
1: So he was standing at the end of the bed and I woke up just to see somebody standing at the end of the bed. And I'm looking at him like, why is Craig standing at the end of the bed? That's weird. (laughs) And just as I had that thought of what are you doing? He moved right next to me and I turned and looked and he's there. And I looked back and he was gone. (laughs) And Not like I'm processing it. Go. Do I wake my husband up? Cause I just saw his dad. I'm pretty sure. And the phone rang Mm -hmm. and I said, I saw your dad. Anyway, his dad had died and Ah. he had shown up. There was some contention between like they get along really well and stuff. But I think in the past, dad was more interested in running and stuff at times than being with family. Okay. So I think there might've been a little bit of upset, there that it wasn't maybe at one time the greatest dad but he you know but
0: well dads are human so but it
1: but when he showed up what I you know I told my husband I said he showed up to say goodbye i mean regardless of anything we do in our past you know they he came to see his son and yes. when i talked to the siblings and said that I had seen him that night, each one of them had an experience, whether I dreamt about my dad last night, it was really weird, or I could hear, you know, and I thought, you know, that's to me comforting. Yes, he was a ghost in that minute for me, mm-hmm. but it was his spirit coming to say goodbye to everybody.
0: Right, and letting them know that, you know, regardless of death, regardless I still care. everything
1: cared. and everything. Yeah, I care. And I wanted to say goodbye. Yeah.
0: So now, do you have... Social media channels where people can follow. There, you share your stories, or
1: I have a YouTube channel.
0: Okay,
1: uh, Liz Rivera, the Gem State Medium, and I also have a Facebook page.
0: So, and yeah. and those are the two best ways to reach out to you, correct?
1: Yeah, they can message me if they want to, and set up appointments or so
0: whatever I, they want to. Do, and and that that kind of begs another question here, because of course you're in Idaho, and I'm in, now I'm physically sitting in Ironton, Ohio but I live mm-hmm. in Greenup, Kentucky. So you're probably not going to come to my house and walk through and see if I have a ghost, but a person could consult you from several States away. Couldn't they?
1: Absolutely. Yep. Okay. And unless you win the the billion dollars on the lottery and you want to fly me out and pay well, me, I'll go.
0: <laughs> well, if if I win a billion dollars on the lottery and I do have a ticket in my pocket, I will pay for a a plane ticket for you and your entire family to come out and stand on my front porch and read my aura. I will do that. Yes. (laughs) Because I'm sure it would probably be fairly good at that point. Yeah. Uh, But uh, uh, so is there anything else that you would care to share with the listeners?
1: I think just like you talked earlier about musicians and artists and people Mm -hmm. who are really good at what they do. They're born with a gift. Uh, I can paint might not be able Excellent. to make out what what it is or I can sing but you might not want to listen <laughs> you know, sort of thing but it's the same with being a medium or having a gift there's always a degree to it. Mm-hmm. And so I think people see a lot of things that they are very eager to dismiss or they think I didn't just see that out of the corner of my eye I didn't just hear that or you know
0: would you, do so you think
1: that... I guess I would say
0: yes go ahead
1: pay attention. And don't always dismiss because you may have seen somebody or something.
0: This is true, and 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 do you think maybe that once you see something the first time, it is an eye-opening moment, so that you recognize things the next time you see them? Absolutely. And yes. Uh, one last question, and and this may have a couple of different answers, or or just be difficult to answer completely. Do you enjoy being a media? Does it does it make you happy? Does it does it fulfill any any needs in your
1: life? Had you asked me when I was a kid, I'd have said absolutely not. Even in my early twenties, probably not, because it scared me. And I it was like having a TV without a remote. I couldn't control it.
0: That's an interesting way Um, of putting it, yes.
1: But now that I'm I will be fifty seven at the end of the month, (laughs) and I think there's a lot of times I would be lost without them. It would be like losing a, one of my senses or something. It, I think it would be very quiet. I, it does make me happy. It does, It. does. I love going into haunted locations. I enjoy being able to do a reading and then having people have all that emotion. And although they're crying and being upset, but at the end saying, thank you so much, I feel like a whole weight's been lifted off. So For however scary it was in the beginning, I am grateful for it now. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, I'd be really sad if it was gone.
0: Well, I'm sure the people that you've helped are very grateful for it as well, but, uh, but
1: I do. Yeah. And I do like going into haunted locations and I know that sounds bad because I know a lot of mediums are like, yeah, you're going to, you're asking for it by going in. But to me, it feels like going to school almost because you're, you know, if you go unprepared and, and try to you're always going to meet somebody new, somebody with a different uh, personality or or a different way of communicating or manifesting themselves. And so it's always interesting to see who and what and how and what I can pick
0: up. so so it yeah. it satisfies your curiosity then.
1: Yeah. yeah,
0: Well, if there's nothing else that you want to share right now, then uh, we'll uh, i'll I'll just say thank you for being on the podcast and and of course, Anything else that you would like to share at a later date, just, just reach out. We'd love to have you back on.
1: Okay. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, thanks for everything. And, and you have a wonderful evening. You too. Thank you. This is Charles Romans. And on behalf of myself and our guests, thank you for joining us on this walk through the shadows of legend. If you like what you heard, please follow us and visit our website at shadowsoflegend.com and support our Patreon page, to help keep the content flowing. And if you would like to be a guest and share your own brush with a stranger paranormal, don't hesitate to email us and include a contact number. The strange and surreal, the normal and the paranormal are all aspects of the world in which we live. As you reflect upon the stories we have shared, keep in mind that the people sharing these stories are actual real people just like us. Were the stories shared compelling enough to be given credibility? Or should they be relegated to the deeper part of the shadows? But when determining this, it might be a good idea to keep an open mind, because when we look around, we might discover that our own world is less brightly lit than we once thought. Until next time, I'll be waiting for you in the shadows of legend.